Coming up is my interview with Michael, who was born in Tanzania and lived there until the age of 10, whereupon he and his family returned to Sweden. But Michael always felt like Tanzania was where he was meant to be, and decades later has returned from Sweden to the country he feels is his true home. Welcome to the Are We Home Yet podcast, where we talk to expats about what it's like living abroad, and they tell their stories, whether it's the struggles, the joys, falling in love, raising a family, managing a business in another country, and maybe still searching for that place they will one day call home. This is a place where you can listen, the guest and host will share, and maybe we'll all learn from these stories that we're all connected in what home means to each of us. I'm your host, Jalila Clark. Welcome to the show. All right, so welcome back. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with Michael. How are you? Thank you. I'm fine. Okay, great. And so where do you currently live and how long have you lived there? Uh, I live in Tanzania, in East Africa, and I've been living here for soon seven years. Wow. Okay. And so what's it like living there? The food, the people, the environment, the culture. Tell us all about it. When I talk to my friends about where I live, I say I live in paradise. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, but in paradise, even, even though it's paradise there. I mean, if you go back to the Garden of Eden, there were still, you know, challenges. Yeah. And there are forbidden fruits and there are rules and there are snakes. So with that said, I still live in paradise. I mean, I, it's something that I have been longing for a long time. So that's why I'm here and um, mm-hmm. I'm going to be here as long as possible. Okay. Okay. So, so then like, you know, what's it like there? So the food, the people, the environment, the culture. All of it is fantastic uh, for me. I'll, uh, well, not all of it, but if you're talking about those specific items, like the food is interesting. Uh, you have uh, local food that's really, really nice. The people are very friendly. The um, climate is uh, changing depending on where you live. For, for the moment, I live in Dar es Salaam, but I used to live in Arusha. Dar es Salaam is more humid and hot. Arusha is more clear air on another altitude. So for me, it's um, a friendly environment. It's good food. It's... Um, Paradise, in a way. <laughs> we come back to that word many times. So, so what prompted you to move to Tanzania? Well, the history goes back uh, since I was born. So I was born here and I lived my first 10 years here together with, with dad and my siblings for 10 years. Uh-huh. So I was born and raised in Tanzania. And then after that, the contract with my father ended and we went back to Sweden as a family. Okay. During the years, I always had this dream of coming back. And then around 10 years ago, I realized that when my kids were out of the house and my, my divorce had gone through and I was living there alone, I said, okay, let's proceed. So for two years, I went to Kenya, uh, set up trips, looking for opportunities, uh, wanted to come back and uh, find my home country, my birth country. And you know, kind of connect the threads in that. So during uh, those two years, I made seven trips and then finally I got an opportunity in Tanzania, which I then took. So okay. that was my aim, you know, to come back to my 
my birth country to my mother country. Okay. So I'm just curious then, you know, in those 10 years that you lived there, clearly it made quite an impact on you. So, you know, what did you miss, you know, all these years that you were away from there? I think it's part of the culture and the people, mm-hmm. um, and the friendliness. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, when you're coming from a warm country in many, in every sense, and then you go to Sweden, that is more or less a cold country in every sense into the society, you see that, okay. I might have been affected by the African bug too much in order mm-hmm. to fit in the Swedish environment. So I think mostly it was the, the, the culture and the people that really wanted me to come back and explore more and see if I was, if I was wrong in my assumption about that. I had concerns initially uh, before coming to China, like, you know, well, would I fit in? Would I feel comfortable? You know, like, how would I get along with locals? Did you ever have any of those concerns at all, you know, being someone who doesn't look like the local population? Of course, you know, I'm a white person coming into uh, black people. Mm-hmm. And of course, I stand out. A lot of, uh, a lot of the issues that might come with um how to say normal expats is that I actually speak the language and uh, whenever I go to a, to a market or if I greet someone, they realize that, okay, this is not a normal expat. This is actually one, one of us. Yeah. I cannot, I can speak and I can uh, interact with the locals and, and that is quite interesting, even though. Of course, there are challenges, and I think you know that also if you're not Mm -hmm. the same culture and have the same color Mm -hmm. or like the rest of them, there are some some challenges to overcome, but I I think that respectfully, I have adopted the idea of doing my best to to adapt the culture, the language, the the system and, and how they think. Yep. Okay. Let's cut to a quick commercial break. Enjoying the podcast? Then support the podcast. Click here to donate in the show notes and keep the cool interviews with guests from around the world going. Check out the blog for handy information about living abroad and buy the ebook, a great guidebook for moving abroad. Find the blog and ebook at the website arewehomeyetpodcast.com. Again, that's arewehomeyetpodcast.com. You can also donate on the website by scrolling all the way to the bottom and finding the donate button. All right, back to the show now. And so, you know, you mentioned the word paradise several times, which is wonderful, but is there anything at all which you miss about Sweden? You know, the place where your parents are from, your your family was from. The only thing I miss is during the summer month, and that is the light. Mm -hmm. So in Sweden, up country, you know, you have this, the sun never sets. Mm -hmm. So for me, when I hear in Tanzania, seven o'clock in the morning, it gets bright, and then seven o'clock in the evening, it's pitch black. Mm-hmm. So this three summer months in Sweden, May, June, July, they are the things that I really miss because the light is, is quite extraordinary in Sweden. Mm-hmm. Other than that, of course, there are some, um, some food items that I might mm-hmm. crave for at times, mm-hmm. but other than that, nothing. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, um, I did have the fortune of visiting Sweden when I was, I think I was 18 or 19. A friend had gotten married to a Swedish guy. And yeah, I came to visit her for several weeks. And yeah, I mean, I, I had never experienced anything like that before. Like just seeing the light, I think it was kind of like a dusk. And I mean, it 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 really was was attractive, like, you know, at, at night, like here we are seeing this light, which I wasn't used to. So, yeah, it definitely was something that stuck in my mind up until now, years later, how beautiful that looked. D did you know anyone there or did you have to begin to like make friends, you know, like brand new, like all over again? No, I had to start all over again. Um, so I had no friends here mm -hmm. uh, other than the. Uh, and uh, could say an adopted brother who lived in another area in Tanzania, but Tanzania is a huge country. So I ended up in the north and he's living in the south. Mm -hmm. So it was, everything was new, creating new friends, finding new places, uh, exploring from the start. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and how did you do that? I mean, like I'm extroverted, but I still feel like, you know, it is work at times, as especially as an adult to make friends. So how did you do that? What did you do? Well, you know, at work, at, the thing is at workplace, you connect and then some of your workmates become friends. Mm -hmm. One of them is still my best friend. Mm -hmm. Um, so other than that, you go out, you go to restaurants, you go to, to clubs or bars in order to interact. And I've been very specific in my own acting or re interaction with, uh, so I, I rather interact with locals than other expats because I feel like I'm part of the local community in a way. So I, I'm actually, yeah, but, uh, it was all over start from, from day one, building up a, a small community of trusted friends. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. And so you mentioned work. So what's your profession? What's your career? What do you do? Well, the moment I work as a COO for a local fruit company in Dar es Salaam, mm -hmm. that, I worked like uh, other companies as um, a director of operations and operations managers. Mm -hmm. That is my field. Uh, very much has become in agriculture nowadays or working in the these companies have been social enterprises, so working very much with the last mile, mm -hmm. uh, delivering products that they have hard to get, like maize and fertilizer and solar panels and, and mm -hmm. things like that. Okay. And so what prompted you to enter this field? Was this something you were already doing in Sweden or was this a brand new endeavor that, that you entered? Actually, everything was a brand new for me in, in Sweden. I, I, I worked in business very much. Mm -hmm. I, I have this saying for myself that development requires changes. So if I want to grow, I need to change. Mm -hmm. And I've seen every new challenge that, yeah, kind of entered into has, has made me grow. So, um, it has been a very interesting journey overall. Okay. And so what's your day-to-day -day like at work and then away from work when you have downtime? Uh, very much is, I mean, working for a local company is a little bit different than working from a company in, in, in the Western world. You work long hours. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like I work around 12 hours a day. Mm -hmm. So coming home is just trying to relax and <laughs> getting, taking back that energy. And then over the weekend, I, I go to my 
my fitness club, I try to work out to keep away the insanity so I can keep up with the maybe workload that is on, on weeks. So definitely there, there's, uh, you know, quite a bit of stuff that, you know, you do during work and then away from work and that's pretty cool. So, you know, um, so, so then I'm curious about the job again. Um, did you find a job like upon moving there or before you had moved there? Um, the first job I find found before I moved there, because I went for this kind of survey, uh, took contact with the hand powder in, in, in Kenya, Nairobi. Mm -hmm. And then our script, I said, you need to find me something now. And he said, you're really serious. Yes, I am. I'm not coming here, just jokes. And then he found the first one and that was a contract for two years. And then I had already sold everything I had in Sweden and taken everything that I needed with me. Uh -huh. So I just decided to stay and then look for other opportunities. And mm -hmm. thankfully enough, I have been approached uh, by recruiters on other opportunities, which I'm now um, uh, getting into. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, you know, I'm guessing that like, you know, your job security there feels, you know, pretty firm because I mean, you know, you're, you're the CEO. So, so I'm sure like, you know, you don't ever feel like mm, maybe like employment might be insecure for you there. Correct. Well, not really. Um, it's, it's, it's a local company with local rules and some of the, some of the, how do you say the working environment is maybe not up to the, the level that I would like it to be. But for me, overall, it's it's a secure place, yes. But if looking overall, uh, working environment is pretty pretty hard, even for an expat. Okay. Okay. So what what makes it hard? I think it's it's adapting the the local um, way of managing and working, mm -hmm. and uh, very much I it's like. Uh, you live to work instead you work to live. Mm -hmm. Pretty much everything is about work, 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 work. Mm -hmm. uh, the life work balance might not be as uh, optimal as you want it to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you were born there. I'm assuming like you had to go through like a visa process, you know, to relocate there and work there. Um, did it help any that you were born there or, or it's, was it still like, you know, an intensive or difficult process because, you know, you were coming from another country or was it completely easy? Oh, how is that? It's a challenge. It's a struggle. It's a long process. So getting a visa here, it's extremely hard. You have to have the right contact. It takes a lot of time and it's a very complicated system and uh, process. So not, it didn't help me a bit that I was born here, even I, I thought it would, but it didn't do that at all. So that is the, I mean, aside from it, that is a part of living here that I find very challenging and at sometimes also pretty frustrating. So getting a visa here is pretty, yeah, it's hard. It's the backside of living here in paradise. It's the, the process of getting a visa for sure. Well, I'm, well, then I'm wondering how long did it take actually? The first time it took me nine months mm -hmm. uh, and then the second time it took me six months mm -hmm. 
And now I'm having you know, to renew my, my residence and work permit. And then uh, after eight months, it's still not uh, renewed. Wow. Okay. So then, you know, you mentioned that you have to have the right contact. So I'm assuming like an agent helps you. So like, how, how do you find this person to like really help? Well, I think it goes over time. So you find a person and then you see this is not the right. And then you find another person and then you find another person and another referency and then you go on and then finally you get to the right person. And then that guy is the link between you and the, and the system. Mm -hmm. And then they want to help. We have some facilitation fee mm -hmm. that has to be done, but uh, as long as you get the right person, then uh, it's worth it because it can shorten the period quite a lot. Okay. Yeah. Understandable. So you mentioned like some issues that might happen with visa, but then, you know, you, you, you mentioned like how wonderful it is there. So, so I'll ask you, what are the struggles? and the joys of being an expat. And, you know, obviously you're a little slightly different than like the regular expat that I interview, but you know, you've, you'd been away for so long. So yeah, so what are the struggles and joys? Well, the struggles are is the system. Being an expat, you're a bit out of the system. Mm -hmm. So the system with renewal on permit and application and, and, and stuff like that, that is the real struggle. That is the thing that um, I will never really, uh, I wouldn't <laughs> really, how do you say it? Take into heart that it is like it is, but it is like it is and I have to face it. But that's the big, big, big struggle. Mm -hmm. Another struggle is the timing. People have a very hard time keeping time. Um, and they, the timing is very general. Um, when do I get this? Oh, today. When today? In the afternoon. When in the afternoon? Late afternoon. When is late afternoon? Okay. okay. Like that. So that's the struggles. Um, other, other than that, everything is joyful. I mean, the weather is perfect. The food is good. The people are nice. Yeah. Uh, I can go to the beach. I can go to the mountains. I can go to the parks. I can. I'm free. You know, if you, I feel free, even though the system keeps me a little bit uh, at hold. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then, you know, living in, in, in Tanzania now, has that made your quality of life better? It, I mean, it sounds like it has, but, you know, specifically, like, what's the difference in, like, say, the cost of living? What's the difference in your safety? You know, those things that might go into, like, your quality of living, like, what are the differences? I mean, it, it's, it's a very... Big difference. First of all, being 60 as I am, I'm respected as a person. I'm wanted in the, in the market. I am, if I compare to Sweden, if you're over 50, then you are more or less waste and getting an, a, an employment of the 50 in Sweden is a very, very hot struggle here. It's, it's more accepted and with age comes experience and wisdom and they see it in a totally different way. Mm -hmm. So cost of living is pretty much half. Than, than in Sweden, mm -hmm. safety, safety. I mean, you, you can be, un, you can be safe and unsafe in every part of the world. Uh, when the dark hits, I never do uh, stupid things like walking alone in the streets, or mm -hmm. I always take a taxi or go to places where I'm familiar with. And then I also think that 
if you're looking for trouble, you will get trouble. But if you try to stay safe, mm-hmm. you will be safe. Living in a gated community, having good friends, taking the trusted transportations, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, you know, so you've spoken really so, mm, I would say, exuberantly about living there. So, you know, I have to ask you, like, you know, do you feel like this is your forever home? And what's your definition of home? Yeah, I sold everything I had in Sweden. So the intention is to end my days here. Mm-hmm. And this case scenario, I will. You never know, but that is my true, true intention to, to not go back. And this is my home. Mm-hmm. Uh, my home is, is actually not Dar es Salaam, it's Arusha. Home is where you've, where you have created your own environment, mm-hmm. where you have your, 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 your apartment or your home in a good place. Um, so home for me is where you, <laughs> wherever I lay my head, that's my home. No, it's not like that, but, um. Definition of home, where you where you feel free and good and 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 uh, positive and look forward to the next day. That's my my definition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that sounds really wonderful because you know I, I'm sure like anyone listening can also realize that sometimes your home, you know, and this is something that I ask of all of the expats who uh, whom I interview, because you know they've all actually. Um, come from like one country which actually was their original homeland and then move somewhere else i do often wonder like then what does home mean when now you are creating something in another place and the place where you came from you know you don't feel like like that was your home and and i feel like they all say the same thing they all say you know it's they all use the words like peace and create and comfort and you know all in their own different ways so you know as i continue doing these interviews um it it is interesting to hear how like you know we're creating homes in places that you know weren't the place like our families came from but yet still like it's it's giving us something profound that funny enough we didn't find back there but we find somewhere else it's really interesting. It's really interesting. So that's going to be it for today. And, um, you know, thank you so much for taking the time to be interviewed by me on this podcast, Are We Home Yet? A podcast where we talk to expats about living abroad. And what is that like? And, you know, maybe inspire future expats to take the opportunity to also find their home somewhere else. Um, so with that, I hope that everyone has a great day, all of our listeners, and I hope you have a great day as well. Thank you very much for having me on your podcast. And I'm, I'm also hoping that someone can find something yeah. to take the, to take the challenge. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Bye-bye. My next interview is with Amanda, recipe developer for Food and Wine Magazine, Essence Magazine, chef instructor at Sorla Table and Williams Sonoma in California, and now semi-retired in Spain with her husband. I hope you enjoyed the show. Remember to hit subscribe and to stay updated, head over to arewehomeyetpodcast.com. I'm Jalila Clark. See you next time.